Yeah, I thought it was our offense. Um, you know, I thought we kind of got bogged down. We had uh, <clears throat> some possessions there that weren't great. Um, and then I think the other thing, too, is the turnovers really hurt us. Uh, we had a lot of them there in the in the first quarter. I think we had eight. Um, but I think when you look at their team, you know, there's three things that significantly stand out. You know, the first thing is their ability to offensive rebound. You know, they take almost, I think, about seven shots um, per game more than their opponent. Uh, they get out in transition. They really, really run well. Um, and when you turn the ball over and you miss shots, it allows them to get out. And then I think the the other part for them is they don't turn the ball over very much. So I thought the key key things for us were going to be how well we could get back in transition and um, us taking care of the ball, um, you know, because I thought if we could get some clean rebounds, we could get out and run. But I do think we had some possessions that really allowed them to get out in that second quarter and open up that lead. There's Bulls head coach Billy Donovan after the loss to the Grizzlies yesterday. Bulls back at it tomorrow night, taking on the Cavs right here on the score. Catch Chuck and Bill on the call, covered starting at 6.45. And when that, game's, when that game is over, keep it tuned right here to the score and your Odyssey app for Bulls postgame hosted by my guest now joining me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Rick Camp. Campy, how are you this evening, my friend? Good, Rami. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how discouraged are you by this recent stretch of the Bulls losing four straight and five of their last six? Not too discouraged, just because the Bulls are so hurt and they're playing such a tough stretch of their schedule. It's one thing if it was one or maybe two guys missing, but this is this is like at least half your rotation to the point where, especially as was illustrated in the game against the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are maybe the deepest team in the NBA. If you actually want like one through 12 or mm-hmm. one through 15, like they have legitimately 12 rotation players on their team. So that they were just going to expose, especially with their second units, what the bulls were lacking in terms of rotation pieces. There's just so many guys getting overextended either in terms of responsibility or in terms of minutes that, you know, I'm, it's obviously not great. It's not what you'd want to be, you know, the fact that DeMar DeRozan's cooled off a little bit, you know, there's probably part of that that's due to him getting extra attention with other guys being out. But I mean, he hasn't hit his, he hasn't hit 25 points in his last seven and he hasn't been as efficient, especially these last few games with even more guys being out with Zach Levine being out as well on top of, at least it looks like Alex Caruso is going to be coming back uh, more likely than not against Cleveland. But I think part of it is maybe I was expecting a little bit of a cool off anyway before mm-hmm. all the injuries and everything regardless. So the fact that it's happened, you know, to this extreme and they're losing games by this much is more a product of where in the schedule a lot of the, these extra injuries started to happen. Yeah, it kind of is the perfect storm of of maybe the toughest stretch of their schedule and and being out all these guys, but Rick, I was saying right before I brought you on, like I can attribute some of this to those guys being out, but just like you just said, I, I think that there was some regression co- that, that that should have been expected at some point with this Bulls team, and probably pretty soon, given the way that they started the season. And and going from fourth in, def- in, in defensive rating to, to 19th here over, over the last 13 games or so is probably where you've seen the biggest slide. On my show up in Milwaukee, Rick, I, I sometimes will do a little thing I call pie chart of blame, pie chart of success. And when things are going bad, we do pie chart of blame. I'm always here for pie. <laughs> Check out the I'm Fat podcast with Rick Camp over there on your Odyssey app, 670score.com. 
pie chart of blame. How, how much? How much would you blame on these guys being hurt, and and how much would you blame on on just this team was maybe playing a little over their head and are coming back down to earth right now? I mean, if we're saying compared to being fourth, then I think it's a good amount of of coming back down to earth. If we're saying like just the bottom end of it, I think a good amount of that is on. Uh, the injuries because it's not just that there's been X amount of people out. It's the people that have been out. Obviously Caruso and Javante green have been two of your better defenders on the wing, even though Javante green is undersized for his position. Lonzo ball being out the last couple games hurts that even more. So, I mean, when you're looking at DeMar DeRozan having to, to cover guys of consequence for as good as he has been offensively this year, DeMar DeRozan has never been a a good defensive player. He's never been an average defensive player. He has always been a subpar defensive player. And that's part of the reason he had the perception that he did coming into uh, this season with the Bulls. But when you have to have him guarding other guys like and not being able to basically hide on the, the third wing option for a team, then that means he has to put forth more effort defensively, which takes away from the offense, which also means it's just not as good of a defender. And, you know, they, they've still been trying to do as good as they can at the point of attack with guys like Io still learning, but also, you know, doing a pretty good job defensively, all things considered. But it's also when you don't have those main guys, it's the how guys are getting to Vooch versus how they got to Vooch before. So mm-hmm. has Vooch been less effective at the rim? Sure. But have ball handlers also been shepherded to Vucevic the way they were before when you had Lonzo ball and you had Alex Caruso healthy. No. So I, I think it's, it's a fair amount of both. I don't know if it's a pure 50 50, but I would say probably at this point, like 65 uh, personnel and 35 regression. That's fair. That's, that's probably about where I'm at. You mentioned it looks like Alex Caruso is close to coming back. What do we know about these other guys? Levine ball, Javante Green and and their timeline when they come back yeah still kind of up in the air I know Javante Green is still listed as questionable Tyler Cook is another guy that could be uh, coming back it looks like tomorrow Javante Green still listed as questionable everybody else it just seems like it's still kind of wait and see at this point so uh, at this point I, I think the only things that you can really count on is Caruso coming back probably against Cleveland, Tyler Cook against Cleveland and Javante Green, you know, nothing for sure, but it sure seems like it's trending towards likely the game in Milwaukee, which would be good because if nothing else, even though he's a shorter dude, he can, he's shown that he can guard bigger guys. And while that, that probably shouldn't be Giannis very often, not that the Bulls have anybody to really stick with Giannis at Mm -hmm. all. Uh, You know, even if you're able to maybe have him check Middleton a little bit, just because, you know, you know, above anybody else that, you know, Middleton likes to use the size a little bit because he's not the fastest dude. He's got a decent first step, but you know, he likes to use his physicality to create a little bit of space. So, you know, Javante green could do okay against that. And at least making life a little bit more difficult for him. My buddy, Eric name from the athletic who covers the bucks. He does such a good job. He's great. (laughs) He's amazing. And every time, every time Chris Middleton takes, takes a smaller guard to task, he'll tweet out that gif from, uh, I think you should leave now of the old, man saying too small too small because yeah like (laughs) the amount of times that he'll get a guard and like they'll clear out the left side and he just takes them from the mid wing and he'll either if he can back them down pretty easily he'll back them down or he'll just go to that like fade away over like going towards that left baseline it's just money every time you you brought up you brought up vooch and that that's one of the things that well because he's out there on the court 
But I, I don't think that we can chalk up the the inconsistencies, the struggles of Vooch to to anything about these injuries or teams changing the way that that they're playing him. Camp, I, I think it's just this is who he is. He's inconsistent, and we played a clip. I, I said he's inconsistent, and it drives me crazy. And we played a clip of Kobe White coming out of the last break of him saying, "Yeah, he didn't hit those shots tonight, but we we have faith in Vooch that." There will be nights that that he hits those shots. That's a definition of inconsistent. Like I know the dude, yes. I know he could be really good when he's really good, but you just don't know when when that's going to be and when when the other Vooch is going to show up. Yeah, it's really been a problem offense because they need him so desperately, and it's you know his outside shooting is still kind of what it's been, but it's the it's the bunnies. He's missing the bunnies that, you know, throughout his career, he's made, you know, pretty consistently. And even last year when he first got to the Bulls, you know, with or without Zach Levine, he was able to make those bunnies and just not being able to do that this year has been just kind of odd. And while his passing has been still really good, I think his his playmaking, you know, out of the uh, when uh, DeRozan or Levine are getting blitzed or something, or it's just in any sort of pick and roll action. And, you know, he's making plays from around the free throw line. He's still able to do that pretty well. And his decision-making has been solid, but in terms of like just finishing himself, there are moments where you wish he's more aggressive. And then there's times where he seems like he's indecisive. And maybe that leads to him missing those little floaters or push shots. But it's been really weird because if he's not doing that for you offensively, what is he really doing for you outside of the passing? And then even though he's got he's on a he's on a solid deal with everything you gave up for him, that starts to look not great because he has to be the third option. He he absolutely has to be that third scoring option because Lonzo's too inconsistent with how much of his offense comes from beyond the three-point line. When he's on, he's on. When he's not, he's not. So you need Vucevic to be that third. You need him to be that third scorer for you more often than not. So if the Bulls are going to make a real push and truly do something in the playoffs, he has to be so much better. Talking with Rick Camp, catch him tomorrow night after Bulls-Cabs right here on the score with Bulls postgame. A lot of the discussion that I have with, with friends of mine that are that are Bulls fans is looking ahead to the buyout market, looking ahead to, to the, the, the trade deadline, and trying to find the big man for this team to, to bolster their depth as, as we sit here and talk about Vooch. But I think also a lot of it is also on, on the defensive side of the floor where you need a big body and you need a presence that's going to change what shots teams are going to take. Anybody you're, you're targeting or, or too early for that? it's February 10th. It's the deadline. So it's gotta be about that time. Everybody's obsessed with getting another big. And the thing is, does this mean people want to have a big playing at the four? So then you're kind of losing spacing that way. Or Mm -hmm. because one thing that happened today is a name that's been brought up by some, and mind you, I don't think it'd be a good fit with Vooch is miles Turner, but miles Turner is now hurt and he's going to be out until after the deadline. That doesn't mean he, he can't necessarily doesn't mean he won't get traded, but you know, it's something to definitely worry about. I think the names that are most closely associated with the Bulls, at least by at least, you know, by people trying to figure out where guys may go, are Jeremy Grant and Harrison Barnes. And it sure seems like because of the Bulls lack of uh, first round pick flexibility to make that happen, Patrick Williams would have to go in either of those deals. And it's just a matter of how much does this front office want to push right now? Versus versus trying to like get up to respectability, which is what it seemed like it was at first, and then try and build it from there and maybe have a guy like Patrick Williams be a bridge to 
whatever the second iteration of this team is with him and Zach Levine as a as you know DeRozan and Vucevic you know start to trend down as they they get into their mid 30s. Rick, before I brought you on, uh, and I was I was talking about this theory that I have about the NBA, and it's not like this groundbreaking or, or original theory that I've had. A lot of people uh, agree with this line of thinking, and it's that this is this is a superstar driven league, and more times than not, I'll take the best player in a series to win that series. And and certainly when you look at the top two or three players on a roster, if they're better than your top two or three, well, there's almost no chance of winning that playoff series. And I said, give me, give me the bucks, big three over the bulls, big three all from top to bottom. They're one better than our one. They're two better than our two. They're three better than our three. Would you agree or disagree with that when it comes to either of those two teams, the bucks or the nets and, and their top three being better, better and, and more stacked than the big three that the bulls have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're going okay. the one, just the three as as a group, absolutely. You could maybe, the thing is, Kyrie would be considered the three on the Nets, and, and that's mostly just due to him being maybe even only questionable in the slightest against either of those teams would just be because he's only playing in part of the games. But you know, Vooch hasn't been consistent enough to to even come close to warrant being that good. And like this is part of has been part of my hesitation with the Bulls as a playoff team Mm -hmm. i've said all year that they can be a really solid this team is built to win in the regular season but when it gets to the playoffs right now like as i look at the at the standings in the eastern conference and mind you of course they have not been healthy at all for a long time so that all comes with that caveat they're tied for the one seed with miami at the moment brooklyn's only a half game back mind you kevin durant's out for a good while now cleveland's only a game and a half behind the bulls milwaukee two games and philly two and a half so with that deadline approaching, if Philly makes a move and doesn't have a $35 million zero on their roster anymore in terms of Ben Simmons and they get much of anything back, they're improved. And I wonder, outside of maybe a first-round series against, you know, if if the Bulls are able to hold on to one of the higher seeds, like I question their ability to win a second-round series against really because they wouldn't be favored against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. They would not be favored against Brooklyn. I assume they'd be close, but slight dogs to Miami at this point. And then when you're looking at Cleveland, they'd probably, I could see them being favored. And then Philly, it's just tough to know until we know what happens with the deadline. But that's, that's what we're looking at with the bulls of as a playoff team. I think as teams are more scouted and the game slows down and it's more hunting matchups, the bulls have more exploitable matchups uh, than other team than the other teams on the whole that you're looking at them competing with in the top of the East. Catch Rick Camp tomorrow hosting Bucks post Bucks hosting Bulls post game right here on the score after they take on the Cavaliers. Also the host of the he mentioned it before I'm Fat podcast. You can follow that on Twitter at I'm Fat Pod along with Jay Zawoski. Uh, Campy, did you hear the, these these uh, these comments by Andy Reid recently about? Well, I don't even know what he's talking about, but this is Andy Reid, chief head coach, just a couple days ago. Once you've won one, how do, how do you think it it makes you feel going forward? More hungry, or you feel like, oh, I know I can get there. I mean, I, I wonder how that is for you. Yeah, well, if you like chocolate cake um, and you eat a piece. Uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how, that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And, and uh, you, you need to, 
you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's the best you can. Now, I assume he's using chocolate cake, Andy Reid is, for his analogy, because chocolate cake is his favorite cake. Rick Camp, host of the I'm Fat Pot, along with Jay Zawoski. What are your cake power rankings? Give me your top three cakes. Is chocolate at the top? Because it is for me. Ooh, I've actually been like a uh, – I've, I've really been into lately, and it, it really changes for me kind of with my mood or, you know, depending on the day. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, but chocolate's – up there but what's actually past it is just like a like a more of a traditional like a strawberry shortcake type thing okay i actually like the only way i really like my like getting fruit is if it's in <laughs> cake form so if i like if if, it, if that's the way i get if that's the way i have to you know to make me eat my fruit then fine it's got vitamins I, I nutrients that. antioxidants little strawberry yes, shortcake man yeah yeah that, that, I, I mean it, it's damn near a salad at that point <laughs> A fruit salad, but a salad nonetheless. <laughs> Can we talk about cheesecake in the same conversation with like a chocolate cake and a strawberry? Because that, to me, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother animal oh, un- unto itself when you talk about cheesecake, right? Versus hundred like, percent. And, and my my top cheesecake, like raspberry lemon, mm. dude. Like I, I I think this might be a getting older thing where I like raspberry more and more. I don't know if that's like kind of up the alley of getting older, but. As time goes on, I like raspberry things even more. Like it just keeps exponentially getting better. So like at uh like Cheesecake Factory, I forget what it's called, but they basically have a raspberry mm. lemon cheesecake and and it is one of my favorite things in the world right now. For me, anything so. chocolate. Like the car like a like a turtle cheesecake with caramel mm-hmm. and chocolate and some pecans on it. That that's that's my go with like an Oreo cookie crust. And anything oh, but yeah. and anything chocolate is gonna get the job done for me, Campy. Yeah, I mean, you cannot go wrong with chocolate. I mean, for me personally, I would probably leave, like, any of the nuts off of there. Sure. But that's just me personally. But you give me chocolate, you give me Oreo, you give me caramel, you give me, like, any of that, and I will be happy, and I will consume it quickly. If you guys, you or Jay, ever want to take a take a, take a a day off and you need to fill in on the I'm fat pod, I, I'm a little less fat. I used to be 320, now I'm, like, in the 200 range, but I, I have... The, the encyclopedia of knowledge that comes with, with, being, with being a hefty boy, Rick. So if you guys ever need a fill-in on the I'm Fat Pod, give your boy a call, all right? I'm here for it. And, you know, I was – Jay and I this past uh, summer, we were going to come up to the Wisconsin State Fair oh. and get in on that. But it was, like, the day – the one day that worked out for all – for both of us where, like, the stars aligned and everything – it was the day where it was like 90 plus and there was like thunderstorms that day. So we were like, we're not making that truck up and sweating that much just to get rained out and not be able to consume everything we want. So it's definitely on the list for uh, on the list for next year. We, I, we haven't been out at the state fair the last couple of years because, you know, COVID. But uh, when we were out there every year uh, on the air, I would do a thing on the air where I would get blindfolded and fed something deep fried on a stick. And I would try and guess what it was. And I, th- I think like I was like on average, I'd get like four out of five. Right. Just with blind taste test. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. And, and like what I what I love about it, too, is that on the website, when Jay and I were checking it out, <laughs> there were literally like an entire tab dedicated to fried items on a stick. <laughs> and it was like. 50 plus items and i'm like i am in heaven this is my thing it's pretty amazing it is pretty amazing that wisconsin state fair that's rick camp executive producer of course of bernstein 
and Rahimi and catch him after tomorrow night's Bulls game when they take on the Cavs and every Bulls game right here on post game on 670 the score follow him on Twitter at Rick C Camp Rick appreciate the time man thanks a lot the 708 texter that says his de- their dad makes a cheesecake with a raspberry swirl in it and crushed Oreo crust oh hit me up oh because that sounds wonderful yeah slide in my dms thanks rick appreciate you man see ya and he joins me on the uh, circa resort and casino hotline home of the world's largest sports book y'all envious watching these nfl playoffs i want to talk about that man i watch these games i'm like oh if i could just if i could just have that right there that 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 right there like specifically there's there's one there's one thing now a few teams have but there's one thing when i'm watching the nfl playoffs where I get football envy, you guys. I want to talk to you about that right after this. Rami Makhlouf with you on The Score on a Tuesday night. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Buffalo is largely a fraud, one of the more fraudulent teams in the NFL. Pretty sure Josh Allen is Mitch Trubisky 2.0 with some minor upgrades, but nothing special. At two, Brandon Fryer. You too, man. Why is everyone working against me everywhere I go? Why are all my bad takes and all my embarrassing moments on tape for all of you to constantly play, no matter what station I'm working on? Robbie Makhlouf with you on the score on a Tuesday night. I wasn't even talking about Josh Allen. That wasn't even the subject. But you got to, you got to, okay, fine. Throw that in there. All right, fine. I mean, he's in the playoffs. So. Look, I've moved on my position. He, I, he will be a starting quarterback in 2021. All right. There. I, I not a lot of guys in this business will tell you when they're wrong. I'm wrong on that one, okay? He's not a top five QB, though. Y'all need to stop with that nonsense. I was talking with Rick Camp before the break uh, about food because Rick does that on the I'm Fat Pod. A few texts came in. Robbie Makhlouf with you on the score on a Tuesday night. He mentioned the one about the raspberry cheesecake. This is from the 708. My dad makes a cheesecake with a raspberry swirl in it and crushed Oreo crust. It's insane. 
It's the meth of cheesecakes. Very dangerous and flammable. Oh, give me that. Rick said he only gets his fruit in cake form. This from the 630. Sorry, Rick. I make a really good fresh fruit ice cream. I think you'd like that, too. I would bet that Rick would be willing to try that and tell you if he likes it or not. And then uh, somebody from the 309 just simply tweeted in strawberry torts. That's it. That's the whole text. Just strawberry tort. So I read those. And then the the one under it, uh, I started reading. And it says the turnovers are really hurting this team. 18 last night. Talking about the Bulls. I seriously, because my mind was in such a, a food mindset when I read that, and the first four words were the turnovers are really, I thought, I literally thought when I started reading that text, we were talking about like fruit turnovers, like a cherry turnover or an apple turnover or something like that. But no, he was talking about turnovers in the basketball sense. Uh, Going to put the, the Bulls talk aside for just a second and get back into some bears here on the, on the score on a Tuesday night. Rami Makloff with you. I want to know. Who are you watching in the playoffs right now and getting football envy as a Bears fan? 312-644-6767. Who are you watching and like, man, I wish we were that. I wish I just wish we had that. If if I could if I could mold the Bears into my vision and what I want to see in a football team, that's it right there. Who are you watching in the playoffs? And getting football envy right now. 312-644-6767 is how you can join me on a Tuesday night here on The Score. For me, man, there's a lot of talk when it comes to the Bears. And I saw, I love Dan Pompey. I saw an article of his in The Athletic saying they need to get back to being the Bears. And there's like this, there is a lot of people who, who... want them to get back to being like this certain brand or this certain identity of, of football of you, you play good defense and you run the ball. And I had somebody call in the first hour of the show saying, we, we need a Mike Ditka who's out there screaming and yelling on the sidelines and, and raising hell. I don't need this team to be any of that, man. Like that, that's cool and all, you know what I mean? Having a great defense. If you can swing it, it's, it's fine. It's cool. Great. And and having a run game, also fine, cool, great. I, I like it. But, man, and I know I'm talking to everybody within the, the sound of my voice right now. This, this, this applies to all of us listening right now as Bears fans. Are we ever going to get that quarterback, man? Are we ever going to get that quarterback? Because that's me watching these playoffs. Just give me, just, for once in my life, once in my life, just, just give, me, give me that dude at quarterback. Like, give me a Patrick Mahomes. Give me an Aaron Rodgers. Like and and if, if they can't run the ball, fine. If their defense is mediocre, fine. That, that's what I, I want. I want a franchise quarterback, high-flying offense. The rest of it, not to say it doesn't matter, not to say it doesn't matter, but the rest of it is, is, is way, way behind that in terms of what I'm craving, what I want. And I don't just mean this from a football standpoint. I do believe that franchise QBs, top flight QBs, they're the cheat code in this league. They're, they're good for eight, ten wins, and they'll get you on the doorstep to win a championship. And then you need to plug in the other holes to, to put the thing over the top and get, and get a little bit lucky. But from an entertainment standpoint, man, I just once in my life, 
want to turn on my TV on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday or any day of the week in, in COVID times and rescheduling and postponing games. I just want to turn on my TV and see my quarterback drop back and lean way, way back and put that thing up in the air and be excited about it. Because I don't know about the rest of y'all, every Bears quarterback, and my maybe there was like a short period where Eric Kramer... That's how sad our life has been as Bears fans that I got to bring up Eric Kramer and his big years with the Bears. My whole life, when Bears fans drop back, when when Bears quarterbacks drop back and put that ball in the air for a deep shot, I don't get excited. I clench up. Like, I get this feeling in my gut where I'm like, oh, man, what's going to happen on the other side of this thing? It's not like, oh, man, big play coming. No, it's like, oh, God, I hope it lands in somebody's hands. Like, that's been my whole life, man. I... Yes, having a good run game would be cool. Yes, having a good defense would be cool. But this stuff of, like, getting back to being the Bears and defense wins championships. Do you, you, pe- you people who say that, do you not watch the NFL? Do you not see that there are franchise quarterbacks leading their teams to glory? And if not glory, if not Super Bowls, contention year in and year out. Year in and year out. Like, yes, I want to win Super Bowls. I want my football team to win Super Bowls. That, that's the ultimate. But I was just chastising Packers fans on my afternoon show on the fan in Milwaukee last week about how they don't appreciate what they got in terms of the quarterback that they have and the position that he puts them in year after year. Because I hear Packers fans go, I don't care what happens in the offseason if they win the Super Bowl. Really? You really ready for some cold-ass winters? of meaningless football when you get to December and January? Because when you don't have a franchise quarterback, that possibility faces you every single year. Every single year. If you're if the backbone of your team is anything but a franchise quarterback, your season is, is walking the tightrope in terms of whether or not you're going to be relevant and you're going to be a contender come December and January and, and playing into playing towards and into a Super Bowl. I'm not saying franchise quarterbacks are the only way to win Super Bowls. I'm saying that's the easiest path, and it's the more entertaining brand of football, man. It just is. Give me a high-flying, high-wire act of an offense. Give me the Chiefs. Give me, give me, give me the Packers. Give me because the, both. I want a more entertaining product, and I want that dude who single-handedly puts you in the conversation every year and means relevant football well into the cold winter months every year. That, that's what I'm watching and getting envious of when I, when I watch the NFL playoffs. Who are you watching the playoffs and getting football envy from right now? 312-644-6767. Let me get in one quick call before the break. It's going to be Nick. He's in Arlington. Now he's on the score. What's up, Nick? Hey, thanks for taking my call. My First of all, I was watching a 49ers game the other day, and as a lifelong Bears fan, Seeing Robbie Gould out there whacking 50-yard field goals left. It was amazing. I can't believe the Bears, how they ever let that guy go. How did that happen? And now here he is, you know, 10 years later. The Bears could have probably been in the playoffs several times with a good kicker like him. How and why they let them go? Do you know anything about that? I, it's, it's, still unex, it's still inexplicable and hasn't been explained really by the Bears 
other than, you know, that's that's a lot of money for a kicker is is basically what, what we heard coming out of Hallis Hall when that happened. That, that's what I heard, too. But guess what? You're the best kicker in the league. Uh, you're the best kicker in the history of your team. I think at one time he had the highest percent. He may still have the highest percentage rate of any kicker in the history of football, right? Matt Nagy might still have his job if they never made that Robbie Gold move. I'm not even kidding <laughs> because that, that might mean they're in and maybe even winning a Super Bowl when we think back to, if we have to, the double doink. And getting to or winning a Super Bowl, gets you so, it, it earns you some, some capital in terms of how many more years and, and how long a leash you'll get moving on after that. So literally, Matt Nagy might still have his job if Ryan Pace never cuts ties with, with Robbie Gold. Well, strange things happen. But I believe that uh, all all pro- professional teams, football, baseball, that's all one of the general manager's job. I mean, anybody can be a good coach. I mean, Ozzie Guillen won a world championship, you know. You don't, if you have the players, you don't have to be, and it's all up to the GM in my eyes, in all professional sports. Uh, coaches are only hired to be fired. And I'll tell you what, Ryan Pace is already on his second one, so he's got to go too. Oh, he's gone. But, you know, it, well, it, it's it's all at the top. Uh, the Bears are so bad. I would fire the guy who hired the guy who hired the guy. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I get exactly what you're saying, Nick. Thanks for the call. There's Nick. Brandon, you watch anybody in the playoffs and get, get football envy? Anybody in particular? You, you know me as a Bears fan, like – you already talked about the quarterback. It's just I can't even watch Chief games. Like I refuse to watch Chiefs games because just to see them, it just it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. So I, I just is, man. anytime I see them come on, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna turn somewhere else. I'll, I'll watch something else. Like I can't. It hurts your heart. It hurts your heart watching that. But here's, had him. I don't know if this makes you feel any better, Brandon. I have this theory. I have this theory that if, if the Bears did draft Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky, not to say he was going to be, you know, Mitch Trubisky, but I, don't, I still I don't know if he's Patrick Mahomes either. Like the Bears break quarterbacks. It's what they do. Patrick Mahomes might have been just good enough to keep John Fox around for another year or two. You know what I mean? I know. And that's, that's still the frustrating thing. That's what just, just, ah, just gets me with these And Bears. then move on to another guy who's not going to get the most out of him. Either. I, I'm, I, I, I will keep on repeating this. Great quarterbacks just don't fall from the heavens destined to be great. You know what I mean? I think great quarterbacks are 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 broken almost as often as they're made. When you talk about these guys taken in the top five or the top ten who never flourish or blossom into into what people thought they were, a lot of the time, now some of those guys were never going to make it. They didn't have what it takes. But I think a lot of the time you look at the organization and the situation that that guy was expected to go out and thrive in, and he never really had a chance. And Mitch was never going to be Patrick Mahomes as we know him today. I think he could have been a better version of Mitch. And Patrick Mahomes was never going to be Mitch as we know him today. But I think he could have been a worse Patrick Mahomes had he landed here instead of instead of in Kansas City in a really, really good situation and with an organization that has the culture and the blueprint for, for developing quarterbacks. Got to hit a quick break. On the other side, before we get out of here, I want to remember Les Grobstein one more time and a Hall of Fame broadcaster who worked with Les back in the glory days of the loop, Jonathan Brandmeier. We'll hear from him right after this. Robbie Makloff with you on the score on a Tuesday night. Do you plan to follow the Kraken and be a fan like the well, first fan, the Black so Hawks, to speak? I will. But, I mean, like in general, will you be, so to speak, the first fan of the Seattle Kraken? No, but I got a friend that uh, when the uh, Vegas Golden Knights were performed, bought season tickets their first year, and that same person now has bought uh, Kraken season tickets. He's bought what? Crack? 
Kraken. Oh, Kraken. Okay. That's the nickname. Less. And you know doggone well it's the nickname, and you're trying to be a wise no, guy no, here. I know no, what you're doing. No, Yeah, you are. No, That's why you use you, that one no. syllable. You there. said... He I went said cracking. Okay, I it said sounded crackin'. to me. I it sounded to me like you said crack, but whatever. We take did. the wax out of your. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, dude, that guy was so good. He was so good. <laughs> if you come for Les Grobstein, you better come correct. <laughs> there he is. With Mark Rohde, nobody knew how to get under Les's skin and get that out of him like Grody did, man. It's been it's been a bittersweet couple of days here on the score. I've, I've been listening so much to all the remembrances and everybody talking about Les with the, the sad news that that he passed a couple nights ago at the age of 69. And man, obviously we wish we weren't doing it under these circumstances, but I was I've just been reminded and and brought back to so so many great moments and and some that I never knew about were brought to my attention of Les Grobstein over the the many many years here at the score and in the Chicago sports media landscape including back in his days on the loop in the glory days of the loop and uh, one of the guys who he worked with over there Hall of Fame broadcaster Jonathan Brandmeyer he joined uh, Parkins and Spiegel earlier today Ant Heron in for uh, for Speaks this afternoon, but here's Jonathan Brandmeier on with Parkinson Spiegel earlier this afternoon. We are going to go now to the Radio Hall of Famer, Jonathan Brandmeier, who's <laughs> kind enough to give us a few minutes. Speaks, Speaks, I've heard someone say my name, so I just said, well, I should call right now. <laughs> this, this, this is perfect. That's me. Johnny B, you know, my brother was a leisure suit. He was a bass player, and Johnny B in the leisure suits. You know my brother, John. Um, it's like, really, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But you guys, I'm so happy to hear this talk earlier today. You know, when I heard, I woke up to the point, I go, are you kidding me? It's starting to get to me. Norm MacDonald, Super Dave, Bob Saget. I mean, all these people I knew and loved. I mean, these are people, and, and, and Speaks, you really hit on it, man. You talked about radio. And I said this at the Hall of Fame. I was inducting um, the, the, the guys from this year, and, and I brought up um, Dan Patrick. And I said, you know, sports radio was the only bastion of talk radio left that's not, you know, polluted. It's not this or fighting. It's this. When you're fighting, you're fighting against, I hate the Bears, I hate the Packers, I hate Tom Brady, whatever. That's fun. That's pure fun. And you guys are doing that. But less. Think about this. And then you brought up over a night speak, how it just disappears. And answer, you know, what do you, you have to understand. You just said, just do it. But now you've got all these people who are afraid. Oh, we, hey, we, like, can you imagine Les Grobstein trying to get hired with what he does? Somewhere else, locally, overnight, they say, "Oh, well, wait a minute! What are you kidding me? You're just going to go on there and take a bunch of calls and talk to people locally? You got to be kidding me!" Magic. He was magic, and you know what? I think it's important that I I just want to say it because I always thought that about Les. I thought, yeah, you know, you don't have to tell him. He knows he's great. And then this morning, I, you know, I had this audio vault of stuff we've done, and I just listened to this. I just typed in Les Grobstein, and all this crazy stuff came up. And the Lee Elia tape came up. I don't know if you guys have that. I sent it to Mitch, 
But it's not we the case. I don't want, I'm, okay, I want you to listen carefully if you hear this and can play it, because you will hear the, the beauty of who he was. And just tell me if you hear it where you, where you know what it is. Can you, can you, have it, can you guys have we're it right now? Play, no? Yeah, Johnny, we got it right here. Do you remember that oh, day? Good. Obviously, you remember that day when you went nuts? Yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah. day. Yeah, just do yell at me once. I just want you to yell at me. <laughs> I can't yell at you yet. I want to feel it. I want to feel I it. I said I can't yell at you. Come on, yell at me, Lee. <laughs> just give it to me. No, no. Was the guy rolling the tape in there that kept that tirade alive and has uh, made it alive today, was that Les Grobstein? Yes. Hey, Les. Good morning. How are you doing, Les? Now, Les, how do you remember that? The Cubs actually played very well that day and were leading the whole way until the end. And Buffalo. Grove native Mike Marshall, who, as you remember, Johnny, uh, he was dating Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's. And everybody was hot to follow him into the locker room, right? Correct. Yeah. That's why three writers and myself ended up being the only four that initially went to talk to Lee. I saw Les in there, and I I saw him run out, and when he ran out, I'm saying to myself, where in the hell's he going? (laughs) Wait, wait, Les, he says he saw you run out. I knew something was a little out of sorts here and that he was saying some things that were going to get him into trouble. So I tried to stop things and I said, see you tomorrow. And Lee looked up and he had a smile on his face very briefly. He said, okay. And then went into the line, which I'm sure Lee will remember. uh, Don't ask me about specific plays. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball and get the so-and-so job done, which by the way is a line that was used a few years later in the movie Bull Durham. I'd like to say at this point, anything that Les says, I agree with. Well, look what you've done, Les. Look what you did. When you had that tape, you realize you go, oh my God, this is golden, man. Well, I was shocked because uh, Lee was and is a good guy and everybody liked him. They talk about the great support that the players get around here. I haven't seen it this year. I'd like to say at this point, anything that Les says, I agree with. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. That is so amazing. So he, okay, now there's Lee Ely in the studio, right? Yeah. Danny, so there, he's in the studio with me. I say I got to get to the bottom of this because you know a lot of people took the credit for it, but pure less, less Grobstein. He said I tried to get him to stop this thing by saying see you tomorrow. Like maybe that'll be a cue for Lee because he's going to get in trouble. Where most people, most guys, you, me, media guys would go, oh boy. Lee Ely is about to give us a, this is magic. Les didn't think like that. Yeah, he tried no, to stop yeah. because he liked them. That that was beautiful. And that is, that is beautiful. I mean, there's so much in there, uh, Johnny. Like the idea of his attention to detail and his memory. Like he remembered every <laughs> single anecdote about it and could recount it perfectly. But then you're right. Like the underlying kindness. And we were talking about yeah. this earlier. Like. We would all make fun of Les, and I would sometimes say to Les on air or off air, like, you know, does it bother you, or that didn't go too far, or whatever. And he would say, he would laugh. He'd be like, are you kidding? I dealt with Steve and Gary and Johnny B and the legends at the loop. You guys are amateurs. Like, did you ever feel bad for, like, going at the straight man that was Les, or was he always perfect at taking it? No, no, here, here's the thing. Um, uh, I always, I love people, you know, and I've heard it so many times today, authentic, themselves, real. I didn't, I, I thought, no, I love the passion. I love the passion of a guy like that. Just 
hey, I'm Les Grobstein. Deal with it. This is who I am. Deal with it. I love that. And then you're right. I'm just laughing through it because he's going like, and you say, oh, a former Buffalo Grove guy. Names the name. He's going out with Belinda Carlisle. And then he brings up the Bull Durham talk. I mean, the, the quote from Bull Durham. And he, he could just, in a sentence, recall more things than I could ever recall as of right now. I mean, his, it's amazing. He, his, I, his, I love it, the guy. Every, every anecdote was a tangent. Every, every, <laughs> every single one. Do you have – I mean, obviously he was, like, synonymous with the Lee Elia rant, but, like, what other – if you have any on-air memories or off-air memories do you do you have that come to mind when you've been thinking about him over the last 36 hours? You can call any time. You'd just be talking – like, you talked about – speaks like, about, like, you know, you need to have a conversation. Who at the home run here? Who did this? Okay. We weren't Googling. We didn't have the Internet. We had less. That's it. We would just <laughs> dial him. And guess what? He has seven digits phone number like everybody else, but he, he picked up on the first three. You just dial blah, 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 three would pick it up. He just loved to talk sports. I remember there was a guy who sent me a tape about the Blackhawks, and he did a song about all these Blackhawks. And I said, but wait a minute. None of these guys are on the team anymore. And call Les. We started playing it. I said, uh, Les, just stop me when you hear a name that's not on the team anymore. He would just go, boom, not on the team, stop. And he would do a rant about each guy. Uh, you know, a little bio of each guy, where he is, how he is, what's he doing, why did he get cut, boom, 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 boom. It was amazing. He was an encyclopedia. He really was. He really was. You are a radio legend. Have you ever heard anyone else do radio like him, overnights or otherwise? No, I love it. I think, and I think overnights is fantastic. It is, you know, it's, it's like mornings that I like before 8 when we were the only ones there. I love it. When we're the only ones there. And last, think about this. There's no sales guys around. There's no managers around. There's nobody around. Les, he's only got those people out there, and they need him. Overnight's great. I think it's great uh, that he was live and local. Trust the man in charge. You've got a good one there with Mitch Rosen. That's for sure. No question about that. And I'm uh, sorry to interrupt your show, but I, I, I just wanted to see if you heard what I heard in that Elias. And I heard Speak say my name from Mexico, and I wanted to ruin his vacation. That was my only goal. <laughs> Johnny B, listen, our audience absolutely loves hearing you, and uh, there were a few people that we wanted to hear more because everyone has been coming out. You know, like he he spent yes. fifty two years of radio in this town. It's it uh, it's yeah. it, it, it defies logic. When I hear fifty two years, I'm like, oh, so Les must have been ninety six years old. Now he's sixty nine <laughs> years old, and he's yeah, been on the air for fifty two years. It doesn't even make sense. Sad. You're sad. All right, guys, I appreciate time. Have fun in Mexico, Speaks. You guys are great. Thanks. Or, uh, and Danny, thank you, guys. There's Jonathan Brandmeyer earlier today on the Parkins and Spiegel show. Really a, a legacy unlike any other when you talk about a Les Grobstein. It's been really fun. My privilege to be here on these air, same airwaves, sitting in the same chair that Les Grobstein has sat in tonight. To hear all your remembrances of, of a good man and, and, and a good broadcaster. My thanks to Sean Hammond as well from the Daily Herald covering the Bears. You can check him out at Sean underscore Hammond. And Rick, Rick Camp, Bulls radio postgame host. You can catch him tomorrow night right here on the score after they take on the Cavs. 645 coverage starting 7 o'clock tip-off. And thanks to Brandon Fryer on the other side of the glass. I've been Rami Makloff with you on a Tuesday night right here on Chicago's Sports Talk Radio Station 670, the score. So much for that. 